y'all can see the way we fellowship, we're going to have a lot of food come on the 16th. So they forgot one food group in the list. Uh, my wife gave a list of the food groups that you can bring. There's one that I really enjoy. It's called cake. <laughs> so you bring the, the vegetables and someone else would eat them. But cake is a major common denominator in my life. Can you tell? So y'all pray I'm supposed to go to the doctor on Friday. I hope she don't tell me I can't eat any more cake. Then I have to pray over her and tell her she's completely wrong. Because I love cake. So I want to welcome you this morning. My name is Pastor Rich, lead pastor here. I want to welcome our guests. Thank you for coming out and, and spending time with us. We know there's a lot of places you came, but you came here today. And you came in a good time. We're in our middle of our, um, of our series called Pay It Forward. How many remember the movie in, in 2000? How many cried at the end? You, 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 you shook your hands at the end? Poor Trevor. Men cried. How many men cried at the end? Come on, real men raise their hand. Yeah, I know. So how many men say I have something in my eye, honey? Well, in that movie, we took that movie and we decided to build a series around it called Pay It Forward. And there was a certain thing that Trevor said when he put this together, because he put it together and everyone thought it was kind of crazy. And one word they said was kind of hard to do that because of our culture. We're all sometimes self-absorbed, but versus paying it forward, and it was kind of unique. He said this, when someone does you a big favor, don't pay it back, pay it forward. And he came up with this, this graphic. And he says, one guy, one person will bless three people, and that other person will bless three people and that other person will bless three people. And the list goes on and on. When I started thinking about it, mommy of discipleship. One grabs three, three, one, another one grabs another three. And he said this, when you receive something, you don't pay it back. You pay it forward. So I had a great idea. I did this in the very beginning of our series. And then what I did, I just decided to just hand out, because I got a gift to certain people. For them to pay it forward, don't open it up. <laughs> and when you get out of church, go ahead and open it up and then see what God leads you. We had someone give a testimony last week and they said I was able to pay it forward and it was out of their comfort zone. And that's what exactly what we're trying to do is get you out of your comfort zone because you should be comfortable giving. Amen? So I like your hair, brother, so I'm going to pay you forward because <laughs> I don't have any. You can tell. It's all right. Most anointed brothers are the ones with no hair. I don't want to happen to y'all. I got too much hair. And my man, Terry Benningfield, stand up. Give me a hug. My elder Terry. In the middle of our worship series we got coming up, they're going to have them give a testimony. We're going to give him the mic because Miss Robbie will be there all day. So, Okay. She's a good talker, though. Someone said not something nice because you're supposed to pay it forward, Robbie. And I promised to be nice, but now he's back, so I'm not nice any longer. Those who received the gift, I ask you to do this next week. Do something with it this week. Come next week and share. I gave some the first week to some, and someone shared. I'm going to have you, we're going to all do it at the end 
of our sermon series next week. So um, whatever you do, let what God shows you to do to pay it forward. And today we're going to talk about, again, we're going to be in the Gospels. We're going to talk about a miracle that took place. Um, and it's the first miracle that has been in, recorded in all the Gospels. It's a miracle about Jesus. We know about Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I wanted to pull some things about because really they kind of paid it forward. And I really wanted to go ahead and dive into this. Now, the, the one we're going to use is in the book of Luke because it's in Matthew, it's in John, it's in Mark. Um, I'm going to talk about the one Luke because Luke kind of gives a good description on some things. And then we're going to talk about, unpack that. So if you want to go to the book of Luke, chapter 9, verses 10 through 17. And if you, have, you don't have your Bibles, we have it on the screen. And today, guys, I'm, as always, I'm using the ESV version. So let's start in verse 10. On their return, the apostles told them all they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him. And he, he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God. Circle the kingdom of God. And also, write down the word compassion. How I many you know when you're tired, people come in your way? It's kind of hard. But then he, uh, Jesus had compassion. If you look at the other um, written versions of it, he said he, had, he looked upon the people, he had compassion on them. And talked about the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away into the surrounding villages and the countryside to find lodging and get provisions. For we are here in a desolate place, away from Walmart. And no skinnies. Okay? Let's make it real today. Alrighty? But he said to them, you give, me, you give them something to eat. Put the pressure on them. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. If you know about that, in John chapter, in John chapter 6, it was a young boy. He was supposed to be taking his vittles home to his mama and daddy. And he gave it to those guys. Um, but he was rewarded for it. Unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so, and he had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said, blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate, and they were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Now, this is in the middle of Luke and if you know about the Gospels, says Jesus, actually, after the Sermon on the Mount, he gave them all the things and all the rules and all the precepts of what the kingdom of God is like. And then he put them to the test. He said, if you look at the very beginning of Luke, he sent them out two by two. Do not take anything with you. Don't take any food. Don't take any food. Don't take any money. And you go ahead and present the kingdom of God. To everyone here, because the kingdom of God is real. And it's not an old story. The kingdom of God is here today. And certain things happen in the kingdom of God if we decide to tap into the kingdom of God. And he sent them out. And they were successful. And they came back. And they were celebrating. You know, that he gave them authority to cast out demons and heal the sick and preach the kingdom of God. Now, we all celebrate. Now, they had, they had the power. Now, when you get down to it, they, took, they went away to a desolate place because they were tired. Jesus was trying to revive them, but the people heard, and they showed up. 
And the key word to this scripture here, because at that point, Jesus had enough authority to say, look, guys, go home. We'll try this tomorrow. But he had compassion on them. Compassion. One word I, I listened to today um, from D.L. Moody. You know, make, faith makes all things possible, but love makes all things easy. And it was easy for Jesus to reach those and have compassion because he had the love of the Father. So I, I told you last week of not getting tired because if we have compassion, it's going to make it easy for us to touch people. So they had uh, those guys, and they were teaching for quite a while. And it became late, and no one ate, and they were getting nervous, probably for them because I think their stomachs were growling. And they decided, send them away. And Jesus said something fantastic. He said this, you give them something to eat. You know, Jesus is speaking to us today that we're supposed to give those outside, like John said, something to eat. Not just money, but our talent and our time that we give them something to eat. And they got a little nervous. But one thing I know, they were obedient because it didn't make any sense for me to say, Jesus said, sit them down. Sit them down for what? For them to die? It's no, there's no Walmart out here. And it was approximately, really, you said 5,000 men because they would count men in those days. It was about fifteen to 20,000 people. That's, big, that's a big concert. It's like the Newsboy concert. I'm going to feed, we're going to feed them, Peter. How are we going to feed all these people? It's amazing. Well, it replicates the story in 2 Kings chapter 4. Elisha and a man of God came to give Elisha some food, 20 loaves of bread. And Elijah said this, feed these guys, because he, he was the head of the, the school of prophets. It was over 100, there was 100 men there. And the guy said, what is 20 loaves going to do? And he passed it, and they were full, and they were satisfied. Reason why, when you're walking in the, in, and you're actually participating in God's work, in the kingdom of God, blessing and multiplication has no issue. Now, we're limited without God, but God does the unlimited. But all it takes from us to do is trust him. And you see in this story that Christ was sharing his ministry with the disciples. He could have just gave it to the food, the food directly to the people, but he gave it to the disciples when the disciples had a decision to make. This is just not going to work. I think I'll eat this and he can, he can actually rebuke us later. But he was sharing the ministry with the disciples, which I call this message sharers. And the takeaway is sharers believe God for the ordinary and extraordinary provision. We sharers believe God for the ordinary, which is our necessary, necessary things, and extraordinary, the big things God does. And I saw a sequence that took place in this. Three things that you can look at. When they had the issue and they were trying to figure out what to do, three things happened. 
a sequence of says sharers have a sequence. Those who, who like to share in the kingdom, they have three sequences. The first thing they did, which was amazing, they handed it up to Jesus. Now, Jesus broke it and blessed it, and then they handed it out. And then at the end, God, Jesus handed it back so you can hand it up, and you can hand it out, and you can hand it back so you can hand it up. And you see the, the sequence here? It's the cross. Now, that's an exercise. You're all going to do this at the end of the series. Hand it up. Hand it out. And God hands it back. And that means by faith. First one, hand up. When you say hand up, they gave it to Jesus. The, the young man, really it was Andrew who found it. Because in, in John chapter 6, he uh, told Philip, Philip, look at all these people out there. You need to give them something to eat. And Philip said, whoa. And Andrew, and he said, what are we going to do? And he didn't know what to do. And then he found Andrew. Andrew said, we have a young man with six loaves, I mean, five loaves and two bread. Bring him. We'll try that. Fish. Sorry. Thank you. And you know, a little is much with God. The hand up. What happens when you hand up our time, our talents, and our tithe and offerings, he blesses it. Because you hand up to Jesus because he's the source of all provision and direction. They asked Jesus, what do we do? He handed it to them and he, they followed direction. In John chapter 6, verse 35, it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. That word hunger means suffer want or be needy. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So everything we have as, as believers, we hand it up to God first. My talents, my gifts, I give it to him so he can hand them back and they're blessed. So I can hand out. But the first sequence is the hand up. And this one we get into what we call the tithe and offering. Tithe is 10%. The tithe isn't ours. It belongs to God. So you're actually returning it. Now, you get the 90%, but it belongs to God. He, I mean, Romans eleven sixteen says this. You don't have to go there. It says, if the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. If the root is holy, so are the branches. So when I give my tithe, my finances, what's in the bank, wherever it's at, becomes blessed. Because the first fruits are blessed, so all the way to the branches are blessed. That's a tough one because it's a heart thing. Remember, we talked about heart transplant. And it's hard for people because that's why God uses our, our stuff to see where our hearts are. And I'm, I'm not, you don't, you're going to suffer. Can I be real with you? You're going to suffer if you don't know how to give your tithe and offering to God. And prayer won't help you. I love you, but prayer won't help. There's a lot of scriptures on that. But it really is a heart. And I, I tell people all the time, just your heart in God. How much do you want to be blessed? How much do you want to make an impact in the world? It's up to you. I can't force it. I can't tell you. I can't make you. I can't make compulsion. I can't make you do that. But you want your whole lump to be, and holy, holy means set apart. 
My finances are set apart from God. My house is set apart from God. The very car I'm driving, I have, we have great stories of how we get stuff. And we figure out how God helps us get stuff. Because it's all blessed by him. Everything I have is his. That means my children, my wife, everything. All you guys. The church is his. That's why Jesus said, I'll, I'll build my church. You just start building people. Okay. I'll get out of your business. But one thing you see with the guys here, they actually work together with God. When you do that, you become in August, you come in unity with him, and we are working together. There's a, there's a book called The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. You need to get it. He said, he said this on this matter. He said, something must be blessed before it can multiply. In other words, it has to be given to the Lord. What? first given to him first because once you bless you give your return if you give above your return then the multiplication comes now that's a supernatural thing i'm not saying you're gonna get multiple multiplication of money but i'm here to tell you multiplication of blessings in your family you'll show up in places they're gonna say how much did you pay for that you know, I can't tell you because you just got robbed. Somehow I showed up and this happened and that happened. Not really somehow. God showed up and did this and gave it to us. Dirt cheap. How do you do that? Well, you got to give your finances to the blesser. And that's why this is one of the hardest messages when you talk about giving. Because it's a heart thing. It really is. Second thing, when you look at it, after it was handed up, they handed out. Now, he handed the disciples, and then they handed it out. Why did Jesus do that? Because he knew they had an opportunity to say no. But he says, I want to change the world. And those who are connected to me are going to work with me, and I'm going to work through them to hand it out. That's why it didn't run out. God can do anything he wants just like that. Jesus could have done, he could have just said like that. And back in, you know, back in the Old Testament, when they used to, the guys would have to get any food. They had manna. You wake up in the morning, there it is. You eat it. Go to bed at night, you're full. Don't leave it because it's going to be bad. The next day you get up, you didn't even do anything. There's the food. He could have did it that way. But in the New Testament, he's not going to use people. I want to work with people. I want them to serve me as they serve out. When you hand up, I want you to hand out. That's the fun part because you can't take credit for it because you're thinking, I'm not, I don't have enough. Can you, you have to be there. You can imagine being there. 15,000 people sitting on a mountaintop and we're 12 trying to figure this out. Here's the thing. In John chapter 6, when he gave the test to Philip, he said that because he said, they said, um, he told Philip that to test him. He said, because he says, it said this, because Jesus knows what he's going to do. <laughs> Isn't it amazing we got a God that knows what he's going to do? I don't have to figure it. And sometimes you, don't, you can't figure it out. He'll say, give that car away. It's the only car we got. Did I ask you that? 
extravagant. Give this away. They don't have one. Give it away. Hand it over. Because I'm going to hand you back something. So as you hand it out. It's amazing because Jesus is the producer and we are the distributors. Jesus produced it, we distribute it. Philippians 4.13 says this. It makes it real this time. I can do all things through who? Who what? That word, I can to have power, have supernatural power for provision. See, they had power to cast out demons. He was introducing the power of provision through his group. And as a church, we have power of the provision that our city needs. And we don't have to worry about it as we give out. It will multiply. It will multiply in families' lives. I made a misstatement two weeks ago when I said $1 for the food bank feeds one family. Actually, $1 Feeds four fa- five families. Thank you, honey. You weren't here when I said that's why I said it wrong. Five families on how do you do five Thanksgiving dinners on one dollar? That excited me. So we have an opportunity next week to go serve in the food pantry from nine to twelve. Want to know about that? Can't get with me. Need about 15 people. But I want to, at the end, since we did the garage sale of pay it forward, I want to give them more than $1 so we can feed a bunch of people for Thanksgiving. Isn't that amazing? $1, five. That last time I checked, that's multiplication. See, miracles happen all the time. I have to have our ears open and our eyes up to see. So I have, we have the power through Christ. And that power is really initiated through compassion, through love. Faith, have all the faith, makes all things possible. But love makes all things easy. When you love, it's easy to serve your family, everybody. Because the center of it is love. There's no such thing as I fell out of love with God. I was in love. I, wa- I love you, but I'm not in love with you, God. Stop watching the soap operas. <laughs> You're just lazy. That doesn't exist. You were in lust, now I ran out. But you weren't in love. That's another sermon. And I, I was picturing, I'm saying, 5,000 people sitting out eating bread and fish. And it is. It, they use it when he said it broke it. They use the term as communion, that he was breaking the bread. And they were all sitting down at, at the fellowship table. 20, I mean, 15,000 to 20,000 people sitting down eating and talking and have joy in their heart because they had nothing before they got there. Enjoying one another the fellowship of God, because he is the source of all things. And it's his table because he gives us the food. We don't manufacture anything. We process it, but who do you think brings it? That's why I'm worried about things becoming extinct. That's because we don't see them. That don't mean they're gone. God don't take things off the planet. Don't be looking for dinosaurs, okay? It's amazing. 
So it's a fellowship table. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. It says, send the Lord of the harvest. You know, those outside of here are God's people because Jesus died on the cross for them like he died on the cross for us. We know him because we surrendered our, li- surrendered our lives to him, but he died for them also. It's amazing when you look at that because the needs of the Lord's people outside are being met by the, the ministry of the Lord's people inside. That's why I said giving's a ministry to help people, to hand out. The last one is hand back. Now, you had to be there. We just handed out all this food. Peter, we getting anything to eat? Shut up, Andrew. I don't know, man. He didn't tell us the second part. They got all the way down there. Can you see that far? I don't know, man. We, I'm starving. And Jesus is not saying anything because he knows what he's going to do. Where'd it go? You know how you wait for your blessing? Don't we? Let me check the mail. Did it come yet? I just gave the first time. Waiting for that 100% increase. Where is it? God doesn't work. I'm done. Oh, yeah, yeah. Them first timers, when we don't tell them the truth. <laughs> We've all been there. Hey, I did it. I'm like, wait. Oh, okay, by Friday, I need it. Nothing happens. He says, uh-huh. Do you love me or do you want the things of me? Hey, that's how he speaks to me. I'm sorry. I have to say that with you this morning. Hand back. That portion of it in verse 17, they, and they ate and they were, what, satisfied. They were satisfied. They were full. They were full to the brim. And what was left over was picked up. How many baskets? How many went out? Five. We handed out those five. I got Twelve came back, broken pieces. Here you go, disciples. E.V. Hill, pastor I love, he's, he's deceased right now, but he said a statement. That's just wrong in my heart 10 years ago. It says, whatever God can get through you, he'll get to you. Jesus got through him, hand out. Now Jesus, what? Handed it back. 12 baskets. Multiplication. Same thing happens when you give your all to God. I want to make it simple today. Because it's your hearts that have to believe. You have to believe God for the ordinary and the extraordinary in your lives. When you walk at a level of confidence, you'll have a confident life. You know that the more you can't, we cannot put all our eggs in resources. The bank is a resource. The economy is a resource. But it isn't the source. And what happens, we shake because a resource goes down. But the source never goes down. Because without the source, there wouldn't be any resources. Now, the church, we are a resource because we're the only one with the redeemable account. Because it doesn't come back void. I'm not saying you have it next week, but you, if you're walking in and that where God's blessed, you're blessed. As we're going to talk next, we're blessed to be a blessing. That's our final message next week. 
some scripture to share with you. In Philippians 4, it's Paul talking about how to be content. He's been content with much, been content with little. This is what Jesus wants to get us all to remember. Don't worry about what you're handing out. Just when it happens, when you get it back, the more responsibility, you've got to hand it back out up again. <laughs> As it comes back, you've got to keep doing this. And you'll probably lose the weight. <laughs> it says this. I've read this for years. And I love it because he made it personal. My God will supply some needs. Every need of yours according to his riches. How about first financial bank riches? His riches. According to his riches in glory. In who? Notice how it's in. When I looked at that uh, word supply, again, it, it mirrored everything we just talked about. To make full to the top. To make it full to the top. And that word Need, because we look at that, we kind of skip over that need, that word need. The word need means necessities. So God promises to take care of our necessities according to his riches that never, and that word riches means according to his abundance. The last time I saw God didn't go bankrupt, he doesn't lose it. His kingdom that we walk in. It's an unending kingdom, a well-supplied kingdom, a caring kingdom, a loving kingdom. He doesn't leave you hanging. Now, he matures you in the process. But the first thing is, guys, when I talked about up, handing up, handing out, handing back, to get this sequence started, because it's all it takes, you can't hand out first without handing up. Because when you hand up, he gives you the motivation and the grace to be able to hand out. He equips you to hand out. So everything in our lives, our everything has to be handed up first. Everything. When he says everything, he means everything. Your marriage, your finances, your gifts, your character, you hand it up. Because we will replicate who we are out in the community. That's why our thing is reaching people and building community. When we reach out, they're not going to see us. They're going to see Christ. But if we try to reach out without Christ, they're just going to see us. Because the first time they reject us, we're going to get mad. We're going to get upset. But here it is about worship. It's about us give, surrendering our lives to Christ and letting him invade our territory. Yes. Our territory is our heart. Yes. And how I want to end this message is the best way to do it is for us to go into the presence of God. And whatever you walked in here with, shame, guilt, offense, Anger, you take it. I'm not going to embarrass you. And you hand it up and let him turn it out around. I woke up the other morning and I don't know what hit me. Anxiety, 
because I was, I got, I got to get this thing together on Sunday. And I never have that. And I just said, I forgot. I sit in my old chair that you bought me. I forgot that chair. I love that chair. And I had anxiety about what I'm going to do, what's going to happen, is this going to work? And something happened. I sat in the chair, and I asked God, one of those, just take this. And you know, in, in a moment, more than a moment, an hour passed by, I kind of forgot what the anxiety was all about. A certain peace came across me like it was beyond I can imagine. And God showed me, you, you really start to gather and actually grasp my kingdom. Where there is no worry, there is no shame, there is no disappointment. And that's why I want you to be content, like uh, David said. God, I want to be in your presence continually. I want to be able to lift up continually because it's an everyday thing. When you get up in the morning, you got to lift up so you can be able to go to work and lift, and um, you got to hand up so you can go to work and hand out. So when you get back, God hands back. And whatever that is. But it has to start with handing up. Why don't we all stand? And ask God, drop all those things, God. Whatever, God, I'm going to hand them up to you. Everyone, I know if you're a guest, you don't have to do this. Just do this. Hand it up. Whatever that looks like for you. Whatever it looks like for you. Fear. All those things that hold you from worshiping our God. And Father, as we hold our hands up, we ask right now in the name of Jesus, you take it. You dispose of it. And Father, you hand, we're able to hand it back down to us as we hand out peace and love and grace. We hand out compassion that we don't worry about our issues, Father, but we have the issues of everyone else. We want them to be well. We want them to come to the level of the truth. And Father, as we worship this morning, God, everything I walked in here with, let it be taken up. As I just lift my hands up, I hand you up, hand you my shame, hand you my pain, hand you my fear, hand you everything. Take it, God. Take it. So when I put my hands down, it's gone. And I can work my heart is able to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.